Hey, this is Greg Harvey, pastor at Embrace Church. Enjoy today's message and subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming sermons. So we want to strengthen our marriages because we want to strengthen them because think of it this way. When God set a picture of him and the church, he used a marriage as his description. That the church is his bride and he's the groom and he's coming back for his bride someday, the church. We even talk about, he even talks about that when we get there, we're going to get to celebrate and have a marriage supper. It's the reception that we're going to have because he comes back for his bride. So when the enemy can dilute what a marriage looks like, he can dilute the picture of Christ in the church. So we want to strengthen our marriages. And this morning, I'm going to help out some guys. I'm preaching on this, this just, just part here. Today is happy wife. And I'm going to share with you this morning in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. It says, Husbands, Love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their wives, their own wives, not someone else's wife. (laughs) That's good right there. Do you notice that own, your own wife? Love your own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. Now, now before you try and tune me out because you say, well, I'm not married, this really doesn't affect me, notice how much the correlation there is between Christ and the church. Do you notice how much he's talking to husbands, but he's also talking to the church? So, so this morning as I talk to the husbands, realize I'm also talking to the church. So don't tune me out and say, well, this doesn't apply to me because if you're a part of the church, the, I'm saying the universal church, not just, this, not just particularly this body, but if you belong to Christ, you are a part of the church. Don't tune me out because he's speaking to you. But I don't know if you caught it how many times there was this phrase, that, that he used that, that was saying pretty much the way you are to love your wife is how Christ loves the church. In other words, the example or the pattern that we have to love our wives, men, is how Christ loves the church. And we have to realize that and look at how Christ loved the church. He gave himself for the church. He, he laid down his life 
for the church. He put, he put the church ahead of his own needs. He, he poured himself out for the church. And in the same way, men, uh, we are to lay down our lives uh, for our own wife. Our, our own wife. I like that own in there. You're to lay down your life for your wife. And, and hear me, hear me, that, that, that saying, that happy wife, happy life that my dad said to me that, that might have been a little bit sarcastic. No, listen to me. If you want a happy wife, if you want a happy life, you need a happy life. Here's, here's the truth of it. If you want a life that is fulfilled and happy, I'm just saying your own life. If you want a life that is fulfilled, that is happy, you're not going to do it living a selfish life. The only way you can have joy and happiness in your life and have fulfillment in your life is if you learn in your life that you lay down your life for Christ. In the same way in your marriage, if you want a happy marriage, a fulfilled marriage, a joyous marriage, in the same way, the only way that you can receive that is that you learn to lay down your life for your spouse. That's the only way. You'll never have a happy marriage, a happy life, living a selfish life. It never happens. You never live a fulfilled life living a selfish life. The only way that you can live a fulfilled life is to live a life that is selfless, that you're laying a life down. So when a person says that he or she has a happy marriage, I've realized that what they're really saying is that their needs are being met. Come on, do y'all agree with that? I'm not throwing something new out there. If they're saying, I, I have a happy marriage, you're saying my needs are being met. And I, and I want you to realize that God designed men and women with different needs. Well, how many know that's true? That God designed men and women with different needs. But he also designed them in a way that their spouse can meet those needs. So when a person says, I don't have a happy marriage, what they're really saying always is my needs aren't being met. I'm not satisfied. There's needs that I have that, that are being left out. So, so guys, I, I want to help you out this morning. Come on, how many needs help? I'll get some amens from ladies. Go ahead, punch them, let him know. Listen up, take notes. Hey, hey, let me encourage you here. Here, let me let me throw this out for you. Just just as encouragement. This week I'm talking about happy wife. Next week I'm talking about the needs of the husband, happy husband. So so if you take notes today, men. It will go a long way for you next week. So just, just encouragement right there. Just take some notes. At least pretend to pay attention. I'm going to give you three, three, uh, three needs that, that your wife has, men. But and I want you to realize the only way that you can meet those needs 
because they do not come natural for you. And the only way you can meet those needs uh, is you have to learn to lay down your life. You have to give of yourself in order to meet those needs. So, so men, are you ready? Ladies, are you ready for the men to know what's, what those needs are? Here's, here's number one. If you're taking notes, men, please take notes. That will help you. If you're taking notes, here's, here's number one. Communication. Communication. This is an important need that your wife has. And men, you have to realize that. And men, I want to encourage you, this is a need that they have that in order to meet it, you really have to learn to lay down your life in this area to meet that need. This, this is something that men, we're not good at. And I, I can just talk to guys right here because I'm one of you. This is something we are not good at. We are not good at communicating. We like to hold things in a lot. We, we talk in little areas, little, little just little details. We're not good at sharing important things or anything. So, so let, me, let me help you out. One, one word that men, you've got to learn to get out of your vocabulary is the word fine. In other words, when your wife says, how was your day today? And your response is, what, what, do, we, what do we go with, men? Fine. How, how was things today? Fine. Or, or we spice it up and go, good. If, if we get two syllables, it's, Okay. I mean, that's, that's, but learn to get that out of your system. Because, because listen, listen, men, uh, we're good at giving the headlines. We are. Just this. Ladies don't want the headlines. They want the story. The whole story, not just the headlines. We think the headlines, and that's enough. Because honestly, honestly, how men operate, and ladies, y'all might need to understand this. If I'm talking to another guy, and I ask him how his day was, that, that's going a little bit too far for us anyway, to really go to that kind of, that's kind of personal. Um, but... but if I ask, hey, how was your day? And they respond with, fine. That's it. That's it. That's all I need to know. I really didn't even know to that. I didn't need to know that. that, that but that was all I really needed. I, didn't, I don't need to know this story. I'm just good with the headlines. Because uh, when we read the paper, hey, we're fine with that. We got all of our information right there in the headlines for us. When we have a conversation, everything's in the headlines. So my, my wife doesn't want, and your wife doesn't either, doesn't want just headlines. They want details. They want the story. They want it. They want everything. They want it 
because this is how they connect with you. you say, really? Why, why do they connect that way? That seems kind of odd. I don't connect that way. But this is how they connect with you. They want details. Remember when I first got married, I thought, my goodness, I would come home from work and my wife would ask, how's your day today? And I would say, good. What'd you do? Nothing. Anything interesting happen? No. I would get off the phone with my mom. I could, and, and my mom would call and the conversation would be, guys, do you know what I'm talking have you ever been there? The conversation with your parents, it might be an hour long. I would get off my phone, the phone, and my wife would say, what do they have to say? Nothing. <laughs> what do they talk about? Eh, nothing really. What's, what's going on? How are they doing? They're good. Good, fine. Y'all, y'all know what I'm telling ladies. I, I'm getting, I'm getting. Listen, y'all gotta let some things go. I know that y'all are getting upset with your husband right now, just thinking about these old conversations. And men have their face going, just move on, move on. Everything was good. It was fine. Just move on. He used to think, man, my wife is so nosy. Why is she asking me all of this stuff? I said it was good. I said it was fine. What else you need to know? But I realized that really what is happening is she is trying so hard to connect. And then whenever, whenever she's asking those things, she's wanting to know you to know you deeper, to know you personally, to know you more about you so that she can really, really connect with you. You know, and men, I don't know if you realize, but we're just not really assembled that way. I don't know why God didn't do it the way that we thought he should. You know, if, but, but all men are somewhat wired this one way. We don't like to get emotional. We don't like to talk about things. We don't like to open up. We like to keep things quiet. We like to hold things in. And I think it's because that that in order to do that, we're thinking it makes us look stronger. That I don't want them to see my vulnerable side. I don't want them to see my weakness. I don't want them to see me really open up and be emotional. So ladies, what I'm trying to say is, and men, if you will allow them, ladies, your husband needs your help. Because if you ask him something, if you were to ask your husband what he thinks about a matter and he responds with I don't know he's not lying (laughs) he's not I know you think he is 
but he's not. He hasn't really figured it out yet. He's thinking, he's processing. And when you communicate with him, and when you ask questions, and when you, what, what's happening in him is all of a sudden this emotional side that he sets off to the side begins to hit something all of a sudden. It's like you have the ability to put the pieces together for him. So when he, when he says, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about this. How do you feel about it? I don't know. And she goes, really, you don't know? But, but let, let's get a little deeper here. They said they didn't like you. Yeah. Did that hurt? Kind of? Maybe? Would, would, would you like them to have that? Re- yeah, I think so. And so now how did you feel? I guess I felt bad. Wow. Wow. What, what, what ha- All of a sudden, they begin to kind of put the pieces together in the question. So men allow that because what's happening, uh, because when they can see the emotion and you open up to them, all of a sudden there's an emotional attachment back. And there's a, there's a closeness that begins to happen. Men, it will change your marriage if you just learn to open up and share. And quit trying to hold everything in. God said this, I don't know if you realize this, but when, when you learn to connect with your wife, you really learn to connect with God. You want a closer walk with God, get a closer walk with your, your spouse. You want to connect more with God? Connect more with your spouse. This is what 1 Peter 3, 7 says. said, husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Look at this. That your prayers may not be hindered. So, so how you interact with your wife determines how God interacts back with you. Did, did you catch that? That your prayers aren't hindered. How many, sometimes you're praying and it's like, what's wrong with me? Can I just tell you, a lot of the times what's wrong with you is that you are shutting your wife out. And that when you learn to communicate and you learn to honor, all of a sudden it opens up the windows that now God will answer back. How you treat your spouse, how you treat your wife determines how God treats you. Can the ladies say amen because the men aren't? You know, let, let, me, let me share this before I move on to the next one. Because I think this is so important. This is how important this is. Because I watch this all the time. When affairs happen in a marriage, and there's no reason for an affair, there's no excuse for an affair. Let me say that first. 
there is no excuse for an affair. But when an affair happens for a wife, for, for a woman, it's this, it's when some man will listen to her and communicate with her and talk with her and build a friendship with her that she's not getting at the house. And when that begins to happen, before a physical affair happens, their first half becomes an emotional affair that takes place. And the emotional affair happens when there's this dialogue, this communication, this going deeper, opening up and sharing with someone else that they don't feel they can share with their spouse at home. So men, and I encourage you, this is how... This is how important this need is to your wife. And if you don't provide it, the enemy will tell her you can get this need met somewhere else. And when that happens, your marriage is in trouble. Are y'all ready for me to go into the next one? <laughs> Here, here's, here's number two need. That, that your wife has that you need to meet, and that's leadership. Men, your wife needs you to lead. I mean, honestly, in marriage counseling and things, the number one complaint that happens in, in counseling between a wife and her husband is the wife will say, he just won't lead. He's kind of absent. He won't lead. He won't stand up. He won't, he won't do. He won't, he won't lead. Now, when I say lead men, I'm not talking about dominating your wife. That's not right. I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm talking about leading your wife, not, not dominating. The, the most destructive homes that there are is where a man tries to dominate his wife. Or vice versa, when a wife tries to dominate his, her husband. Domination, that is not right. But let me give you a, a good word for leadership, because we kind of think leadership, we think of it sometimes as that dominating way, but, but it's not. Leadership, if you can think of it this way, it's just initiate. That's, that's really what, what it is. It's not domination, it's initiation. It, it's, it's guiding, it's, it's leading somewhere that way. It's initiating something. Think about how God leads us. Hey, really, think about how, how God leads us. He doesn't dominate you and control you. He gave you your own free will. He gave you your own, own abilities to choose. He doesn't dominate you. He's not that kind of God. But what he does do is he speaks something. He initiates something within your heart. He just gives you a little, little secret of voice just, just in that all of a sudden you just feel like, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. It's not because he's making you. It's just because he's leading you in that direction. That's how God speaks. He speaks to you and places a desire within you. He does not control you, though. And the same way, listen, if God's our example, men, of how we are to lead our wife, how would you like it if God led you the way you lead your wife? 
come on. How would you like it if God led you the way you lead your home? How would you like to serve a God like that? Who would lead the same way that you're leading your wife? That would lead the same way you're leading your home? I mean, really, what, what if he was a dominating leader? What if he was like that? Always, always putting you down. Always trying to manipulate you and control your every move. What, what if he led that way? Or, or, or what if he was an absent leader? Instead, what if, what if when you asked him something and you prayed about something that was important in your life that, that, that he has answered, God, I need, I need direction. I need, I need to know what I'm supposed to do in this situation. And God answers you back, I don't know. What, or, 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 or you say, God, I'm really going through something tough. I'm going through something difficult right now. And he answers you back going, oh, you think you have problems. Oh, I've got problems. Look at the world. I'm over all of this, and it's just a mess. You think you have family issues? I've got some family issues. You don't even know what trouble is. What if God led you that way? In that same, but, but, but I'm thinking, how many of us lead our homes that way? How many of us lead our wives that way? That they have something important. It's just, I don't know. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. Just want to watch the game. And I'm really going through something. Where, where you got problems. You just got a house. I've got work. You don't even know what I'm going through at work. Well, you won't tell me. Why don't you share with me? Well, you just, I say it's fine. What if we, what if God led, led us that way, but how many of us lead our homes in that same way? How many of us lead in that way? Listen, that's not how we're supposed to lead. I'm thankful that God doesn't lead like that. Aren't you thankful for that? That He's a caring, He's a nourishing, He's a loving God that's involved in our lives. That's how He leads. In the same way, if He is our example, that is how you're supposed to lead your wife. Lead, nourishing, caring, loving, involved. Let, let me give you some areas that she needs you to lead in. She needs you men, she needs you to lead in spiritual matters. She does. Whether you realize this or not, you are the priest of your home. You are not your spouse, not your wife. You are the priest of your home. And how your home goes spiritually is how you go. You know, there's, there's statistics that, that if a mom is involved in church and the husband's not... The mom can take the kids to church all she wants, but when they grow up, statistics say that, that a very high, it, it, it's, it's around 90-something percent will not be involved in church because they're watching the example of the father. On the flip side, if a father is involved in church and he's leading in church, if a father's in church, no matter what the 
what the wife does. Uh, statistics say that is around a 90, it flips again. About 90% when they become adults, they still attend church. Why? Because the, you are the priest of your home whether you like it or not. So you have to lead, lead in spiritual matters. What am I saying? It shouldn't be your wife getting you up and saying, hey, hey, let's get ready. We're going to church today. No, you should be doing that. You should be leading that. You should be setting the example. You have the power to say, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. She doesn't have that power. So you have to lead in that area. So lead in spiritual things. Lead in spiritual matters. Hey, here's, here's another. Lead your children. What, what I'm saying in this is be involved. Be involved in their education. Be involved with their grades. Be involved with their sports, their relationships. Lead, lead in discipline. Lead, lead in those areas. Don't just say, well, well, the kids are your problem. No, she needs you to lead in that. Lead. And, and ladies, I'll need your amen real big. Here's another one. Lead in the romance. Hey, well, I got her. Now it stops. No, it doesn't. Lead in the romance. Lead in those areas. Hey, she shouldn't have to remind you she has a birthday coming up. Or an anniversary. Those should be dates that, that it doesn't sneak up on you. That you have by heart. Lead in those areas. Hey, hey, look for opportunities. Look for opportunities. Get the romance back in your marriage. Look for those things. She needs you to lead in those areas. Open some doors. Go on dates. Plan a date. Set up the date. Plan for an evening. Not because she asked, but because you took the initiative. You led. You know, it shouldn't end just because you got married. Because I know you all know how to, how to lead in the romance part. Because when you were dating, you probably pursued her. If you were like me, she, she might have turned you down a few times. And you didn't take no for an answer. And you just kept going and going until you heard those three words you longed to hear. I give up. <laughs> so lead in the romance. Pursue her still. Let me give you the last one. And oh man, time's getting away from me. So let me get some worship up here too. Let me give you the last one. This is, this is her number one need, really. And that's security. She needs security. And she needs it from you. She needs to know that you're always there. That she can count on you. This is her number one need. Is this right here? And when I say that this is her number one need, you gotta realize, you gotta realize, listen, 
Guys, if you speak to your wife in insecure ways, if you speak to your wife in ways that says, that, that says, hey, we're done. This is over. I don't think we can make it. Or if heaven forbid you ever say the D word, I think we should get a As soon as you say that, she will close up on you. She won't hear you. She won't listen to you. She will shut you out. In fact, she can't hear you. You have cut that divide because her number one need is to know that you're faithful. That you will always be there for her. That no matter what is happening, no matter what we're facing, no matter what's what we're going through, I'll be there for you. I'm your rock. I'm not going anywhere. We're going to make it through this. She needs to hear those secure words. And if you ever speak to her in an insecure way, she will shut you out because that is her number one need. When you play games like that, you are ruining your marriage. Listen, my, we have been married happily. We, we really have. I mean, I, we talk to other couples and we, we about how we, we hear where they're fighting and all this. We, we don't fight. We don't really argue. We have dis disagreements because we're different and we discuss, but we don't argue, fight. We enjoy each other. We have been happily married for coming up on 30 years. And you know why one of the main things? Because she knows, I'm not saying everything in our life has been great. I'm not saying we haven't gone through some stuff. But we've had a happy marriage. Because she knows that no matter what we go through, no matter what we face, we're going to be all right. Part of the reason is because she has a hardworking, secure, dependable, good-looking husband. I felt I needed to throw that in there just felt right man your wife needs you and more than anything she needs to know that you will always be there for her I mean think about it we're, we're talking about how Christ loves the church Christ's love for the church isn't dependent upon how the church acts. Aren't you glad? His love was unconditional. In fact, terms that he used was, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
that's how Christ loves the church. That's how you are to love your wife. Thanks for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Have a great week and make an impact on those around you.